Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome one and all to Storybox, the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning, growth, anyone to improve your life. My name is Jay Phantom and I've made it my purpose to unbox and share the amazing stories from people of every profession all over the world. I am truly grateful that you have decided to listen in today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Storybox. This episode is bound to tickle a lot of people's childhood childhood memories as well as some people's recent memories because my next guest is none other than the fresh auntie of Bel Air herself, Daphne Maxwell-Reed. Now, if you haven't seen The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, why not? If you if you go and watch it now, I kid you not, you're going to love every single episode. It is an amazing, amazing show. But Daphne is, she plays Aunt Vivian from season three onwards, and she is an absolute delight. She is a, a woman of many, many talents. She is a photographic artist, an author and designer. She shares her photographic art with people in the hopes that it might inspire their childhood sense of wonder and curiosity. She also has a mini memoir in the form of a cookbook entitled Grace, Soul, and Mother Wit. You can check that out on her website, daphnemaxwellread.com. Also, if you do get something from this episode, I guarantee you're going to love her. Um, Please share it around and help tickle someone else's childhood memories and fancies and even recent ones as well. But um, thank you so much, Daphne, for your time. It was really, really a delight. I couldn't stop smiling if you watched the video, but I need your help. If you do get something from it, leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way in spreading messages and stories like this one out to the broader community and building this incredible audience, building the Storybox audience. Um, Thank you each and every one of you that continues to come back so with that being said my friends you guys know what time it is it is time to dive in the story box and hear the fresh auntie of bel-air's story daphne maxwell reed thank you thank you so much it's it's a delight to be on the other side of the world and the next day <laughs> it really is <laughs> we're going i'm going back to the future in a way um yeah um but daphne I, I've been looking forward to this conversation for such a long time because once once again, you were part of my childhood, you were part of my teen years and being able to speak to you today is just a, a real treat and delight. 
Um, Before before we dive into your backstory and how you got started doing all this, I usually have one question for all my guests, which is what Uh does success look like to you? What does what look like? What does success look like to you? Success looks like somebody fulfilling their purpose and enjoying doing it. Where did you come up with this idea of success that is towards your purpose and when you enjoy doing something? When did that come up? Uh, As you asked me. (laughs) (laughs) In the moment. I love it. Very present. I I mean, I don't think about success as an end point. Mm. Success has to do with fulfillment. And you can have failures but if you get up and keep moving, you'll move towards success. It's it's an ongoing process, and it doesn't stop once it starts. It'll wane, but it won't stop if you keep at it. That's a good point. What do you believe your purpose is in life currently? Currently, my purpose is to serve. Um, I was given at birth gifts from the man I call God. And he gave me a lot of gifts that are in the form of artistic talents. And my purpose is to manifest all of those gifts and to share them and to help where I can with these gifts in uplifting someone, inspiring someone, or with success, supporting someone. Mm. You mentioned God there. Now, I'm curious even more so about your faith and how you came to believing in God. Has it always been in, as part of you in your family upbringing or how did that happen for you? I grew up going to church very faithfully with my family. Uh, as I got older, I studied lots of different religions And I have come to the conclusion that I don't believe in religion as such, but in the concept of a deity or two or three, but as a concept of purpose, really, purpose Mm. for sharing whatever was given to you as a lifestyle, Mm. to be kind to people I take all sorts of uh, ideas from multiple religions and I put them into what serves a decent life for me. Mm. I want to sort of dive into purpose a little bit more, if you don't mind. Go right in. For a young person that is struggling with their own identity, with their own sense of worth and faith and their confused and they're trying to search for it, what advice would you give to them? My advice to someone who is searching for their purpose is to sit still and listen for a minute and then move forward to do something that you, number one, enjoy doing and then move forward toward making sure that your enjoyment benefits somebody else as well as you. And that's your purpose at the time. Your purpose is not singular. It may change over time. It's okay. You'll find lots of purposes. But unless you move forward 
and keep seeking fulfillment of the passions that you have inside of you, just move forward and you'll achieve success and you'll know what your purpose is. Mm. That's, that's good advice. A friend of mine once said to me, he's like, Jay, your, your purpose is not the destination. Your purpose is no. part of the journey. And he's like, it's ever evolving. It's ever changing. Going back to what you just said in the beginning with, with success, it's not the final destination. It's constantly moving forward no. um, in life. Your life is what they have on the tombstone what they call the dash in between your birth and your death. Yes. The dash is your life. Mm. And what you have to do is make that journey a wonderful trip. Mm -hmm. Not just get from A to B, because you're going to get to B. (laughs) But during that time you have to travel, notice all the details, find the richness in the other people around you. Find where you're most needed. Find what makes you happy Mm. and pursue it and enjoy the journey because the destination, once you get there, you'll have to set another course for another destination. Mm. So It's the journey that matters. 100%. There was an ancient philosopher. I'm going to probably butcher his saying, but he's like, life is ultimately the C between the B and D which basically means the C is choice. Yes. B is birth and D is death. So I like how you mentioned the, the date right there and your life is in between that because it's so true. And if yep, you want The dash to, between the dates. The dash between the dates. That is a good title for a book. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, You're going to write that one? I'm, I'm going to write that one for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. I'll take it from you. But um, Daphne, I want to go go back to a little bit about how you grew up and what you wanted to do when you grew up. (laughs) Always know, because you mentioned that you were born with these gifts. So what were some of the things that you wanted to be? Oh, what did I want to be? You want to be a doctor. You want to be a lawyer. You want to be lots of things. I was raised in a family that valued education and I was bright. So I advanced in education very well, and I went to specialized schools on my merit and um, had successes with uh, educational as well as social things that were going on in my life. Um, I was an achiever, and I I think I was born as a leader Mm. because my husband right now calls me boss lady, but um, sometimes I get offended by that. But I know that I'm a leader because when I get in a situation and you get around a group of people and a decision needs to be made, if they're chatting, I'm the one who says, okay, what's the end point here? Let's get to the decision and move forward. And once we get there, we'll have another discussion, and we'll move forward from there. I'm not one to sit around and just discuss. Mm -hmm. So all the boards that I'm on and all the committees that I have been a part of, I'm the one who says, and we're doing that when? Now? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. I have the same mentality. I'm more of a doer than, you know, think about it procrastinate, talk about it. Uh, well, I don't know. Yep. I do. 
Let's go. <laughs> you're either with me or you're, I'll leave you back on, on the on That's the right. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to jump off the cliff. I'm not afraid to explore new things. I'm not afraid of whatever is out there. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. I want to taste it. I want to photograph it. I want to share it. I want to express it. I'm here to live. And that's, I guess, the purpose I have in my life is to live fully. What would you say, Daphne, is your biggest fear currently, if you have one? My biggest fear is that our country will (laughs) disintegrate into chaos. That's my biggest fear. That has to do with politics, which I really don't like to discuss. But humanity needs to exceed greed. And uh, I hope it happens soon. And I totally agree with you. I don't like talking about politics either, but I think your point there needs to exceed greed, ego, and pride. All yeah. Those. And then I think we can live in a more, if it was just more kind and more accepting. Civil. And civil. Just civil. You don't have to be kind. Just be civil. Yeah. Act like a human being. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, act like everybody is a human being mm. and that they're all of value. That's what we're missing now is people valuing all the different people that inhabit this planet. Which is going back to our original point of everyone has a purpose. Everyone has value. Life is, is ultimately very precious. And we should look Oh, up. you are so philosophical today. I am. <laughs> That's my head spinning. <laughs> uh, um, I have another question for you. We were talking about risk before. You, you said you did love to take risks. You love to, you're not afraid to jump off the cliff. I'm curious now, what has been the biggest risk that you've ever taken in your life? For all of my healthy people out there and my chocolate lovers, what if I was to tell you that you can eat chocolate every single day, guilt-free, plus you get so many incredible benefits such as healthy blood sugar, reduces free radicals and fights off inflammation, therefore slowing down aging in your body, it makes you fall asleep faster by helping your body to produce more melatonin and serotonin, And it keeps you asleep throughout the night. It also helps prevent brain aging. It promotes good skincare. What would you do? Would you go and buy it? Trust me, I don't need an excuse to eat chocolate. And I I don't think all my chocolate lovers out there need an excuse either. I mean, you've got chocolate cake, chocolates everywhere. I go down to the shop nearly every single day and buy myself a chocolate bar because I love chocolate so much and I have those cravings. Well, I'm excited to tell you about this product that my friend Danette May has um, created called Cacao Bliss. Now, this unique Peruvian cacao is not only sweet like regular milk chocolate, it is one of the highest and richest, uh, healthiest foods rich in antioxidants on the planet being 12 times healthier than blueberries, you heard me correctly, 16 times healthier than kale, and 37 times healthier than even one of my favorite foods, broccoli. 
Now, when I first started the story box, I personally made a decision that I was not going to promote anything I don't use myself, I don't love, and I don't uh, believe in. Now, I personally believe in this product. I use it myself. So if you love chocolate and you, you want to get extra health benefits, then this is the product for you. Now, Danette May has got a special offer for all of you that are listening. Now, if you want your own Cacao Bliss today, you can order online. I'll put the link in the bio so you can check it out or you can look at the storyboxpodcast.com at the sponsorship page. You can click that link and it'll take you directly to where you can buy it. Uh, you can get the individual package at a subscription level for $53.95 a month or you can get a one-off uh, four-pack plus with this special offer, you get an extra one free. That is five of them. For $199.95, or you can get what the net calls the chocolate lovers package, which is three pouches. Uh, this is a one-time offer, this one, for $149.95. That is $149.95. They are valued at close to the four-pack is valued at close to $400, and the three-pack is valued at $239. That is a lot. So why not give yourself a reason to celebrate your life instead of only on special occasions? Try your, your cacao bliss today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Be blessed, everyone. I think the biggest risk that I took was leaving my first husband and my son and moving out to California to pursue my career. Wow. I think that was the biggest risk. And there were things, there were consequences, there were things to pay for because of the choice, but ultimately it was the best thing that could happen to all of us. Mm. And talking about your career in acting now, so you ended, was it before, so you started your career before you left your family or was it after? Oh, I started my career while I was in college. Wow. Uh, but I didn't start my, well, I started my TV career after college while I was married. And during that beginning in Chicago, where I was discovered by Robert Conrad, who you are too young to know who he is, <laughs> ask your mom and dad. Um, <laughs> Um, I got discovered by him in a, and put in a television show in Chicago. And then it was during that era that my marriage was falling apart. So after doing that show, I decided to move out to California. And I did. It was a deep gulp. But I said, hey, why not? Let's see what happens here. Did you find that your talent in acting came more naturally to you or did you go to acting school to sort of bring it out more? I've been acting since I was a baby, according to my mother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she says, I'm always on. Same. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was not really studying acting. In the 60s, when I was in high school, I attended a workshop with a young man named um uh ooh, ooh, Robert Bobby Hooks. 
And he's had a workshop called the Group Theater Workshop that soon became the Negro Ensemble Company, which is a celebrated ensemble company in New York. Uh, well, we were the, the little pre-runner <laughs> of the Negro Ensemble Company. And I realized at that time that there was really no examples of a Black woman as an actress making a good living. So it didn't occur to me that that's where I should be headed. <laughs> so I stayed in education and I went to college and I studied interior design and architecture and I got married. And But things kept presenting themselves to me and I have spent my life taking advantage of the opportunities as they come up to both achieve a goal and to learn something. So every time I got an opportunity, I found out all about what was going on beyond, behind the, the curtain and behind the camera. And I just wanted to learn everything about whatever it was I was doing. They called that curious or nosy. <laughs> and I am curious and nosy. Mm. <laughs> so I love learning. I love seeing how something is done. I love acquiring new skills. So my life has been built on step-by-step -step acquiring new skills. What would you say has been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned while being an actor? Was something my husband uh, quoted to me. Never let the successes go to your head and never let the failures go to your heart. And it has served me well. Mm. Has there been many failures in, in your acting? I'm sure there have been lots of opportunities that did not go my way because they were somebody else's opportunity. Mm. So I never got discouraged by not being chosen, which an actor spends its life doing. You have to wait to be chosen. I'm sorry, you're not in charge of this. <laughs> so I've been not chosen many times, but it didn't bother me because I always had something else that I could do and wanted to do and was busy doing, mm -hmm. either taking pictures or sewing or doing lots of things that express joy to me. Mm. What would you say, Daphne, has been the worst piece of advice you've ever received from someone? The worst piece of advice? I don't know because I don't usually take advice from anybody. Mm. Let's see. Who would have given me advice? Oh, the advice givers who say, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Can't? That's very encouraging. <laughs> Let me show you that I can. I... I'm going to show you that I can. Mm, even the word can't has can in it. So you just remove the T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think I, a... I don't uh, listen to that kind of thing. Mm, that's good. I like that. I want to dive back into your story a little bit more about some of the acting roles that you've taken and how they actually came to be. Um, one of which... Uh, is one of my all-time favorite shows, The A-Team. Now, you, you played uh, two roles in that. Um, yeah. And I'm curious, how did you get both of those roles? I had been doing uh, television for, oh, at least 10 years before 
I got the A team. I had worked on five episodes of Hill Street Blues. I had been in a lot of episodic television. Mm. And my agent uh, just pointed me to that show. I auditioned for it. I got the part. And um, I guess I did a good job on the first one because they called me back to do something else. And that was being in the right place at the right time. It was the late 70s. It was the early 80s. And there were lots and lots of things going on. And they were looking for one or two Black women to kind of pepper up their scenes. And uh, opportunities were opening up. And I happened to be there and capable of carrying the uh, torch. Mm. Have you ever been worried about being like typecast in a way? No, I've never been typecast. I've done all sorts of different roles. I've played a teacher. I've played a hooker. I just depends on whatever the show is. And the richer the character, the more fun I have. And you played the ever-loving mother of Vivian Banks in, I guess, the hit TV show and sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which I grew up on. Yes. That was late in my career. I had done three or four series before that in the 80s and Mm. early 90s. And I, as a matter of fact, when I first got asked to audition for the show back in um, 89 or 90, um, I turned it down. I was tired. I had done back-to-back series with my husband and we had, we were a little tired <laughs> and we were moving back to Virginia from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, we have an audition for you for a half hour sitcom with a rap star. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass. But I Saw the show when it started airing that fall. I was in Virginia watching TV and I go, oh, what a cute show. Oh, I miss that. Okay. And I went on with my life. But three years later, they called and said, would you come and audition for the role of Aunt Vivian on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I didn't ask them why. I didn't ask them what happened to the other one. I just said, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I got on a plane and I was in L.A. (laughs) And I had to audition against 200 other women. But about the third audition, the third callback, I got to work with James Avery. And we just hit it off. I fell in love with the man at the audition. And we just had the best chemistry. And I guess that's what they read. And I got the part. I was ecstatic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you were honestly like you can tell every single episode you show up um was it hard to continue to show up every single day and play oh, that gosh, no. no 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 we shot that uh, show a week you show up on monday you read you do the table read you kind of block it tuesday you come in and you walk around and you sit around and they talk about what they want to change and Wednesday, you come in and you rehearse. Thursday, we shoot a show, put it in the can. And Friday, we come in and shoot another show in the can. And then Friday night, we do it before a live audience. And they hopefully use the live audience version. 
but is sometimes it, they have to slip in a little piece from earlier in the day. What's that like acting in front of a live audience? Like that would be pressure, right? That was the first time I ever got to do it. And I had been on television for about 25 years, but all the shows I'd done, even WKRP in Cincinnati, which is a live audience show, mm. the two episodes that I was in, they shot film style. So Fresh Prince was my first foray into live audience. And I was a little nervous. But as soon as I started and got the first few words out, I relaxed. It was just like rehearsal. It was just interacting with my fellow cast members. Mm. And I'm curious as well, because you mentioned that you had a lot of chemistry with legendary late James Avery, what was one of the lessons that he taught you on set about life? He taught me the joy of being to yourself. Of He did a lot of, spent a lot of time in his dressing room with jazz playing and the light dimmed reading books. He read and read and read. And when it was time to get busy, he was so present. His, the favorite thing that I got to do with him besides acting was dancing. Oh, we danced down the halls all the time. (laughs) So he was my big huggy bear. Mm. I just adored him. And he and his wife and my husband and I used to travel together. We've done a couple of trips together and just a wonderful, wonderful human being. Wow. I, I, to be honest with you, I still wish that he was alive. That, yeah. Because growing up, growing up, watching him being that Uncle Fiddle sort of character, you know, as a kid, you just you relate to a lot of things and yeah. I never, I never thought that I'd be speaking to you th- today, Daphne. <laughs> and yet here I am. And I guess like life has this amazing ways of bringing people together. And I just wish that I would, I had that opportunity, but you know, yeah. I, I guess getting to hear it from you is, is good too. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah. A couple more questions for you, Daphne, if you don't okay. mind. This is my, my legacy question that I love asking people towards the end of my conversation. It's one of my all-time favorites. So you're in movies, you're in TV shows, but your friends have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll just call it magic but they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Wow. I would love to go out of here (laughs) knowing that I have touched people's lives in positive ways, that I've brought joy, that I've raised a wonderful man who is raising wonderful children, that I have been kind, that I have been present when I've been with someone, and that I made 
my dreams come true. A beautiful legacy to leave behind. What are three things that you are grateful for today? I'm grateful for my son. I'm grateful for my health. And I'm grateful for the love and care of my husband. My final question, or my second final question, sorry. This is more of a fun <laughs> Oh, you'll fun have question. nine of them. It's okay. It's <laughs> Just right. keep, keep them going. Like, <laughs> i got so many. But what would you say has been the weirdest food combination you've ever tried? <laughs> weirdest food combination. Oh, dear. Stumped. <laughs> I eat just about anything. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that I, I'm thrilled with squid ink pasta, you know, something like that. That is really weird. I've never had squid ink pasta. Oh, it's very good. And it's made with squid ink. What? They squeeze the ink out of the squid and it makes black pasta and it's delicious. I've never tried that. I, I don't think I'm a huge fan of squid though, but we'll, my, it doesn't taste to, like squid. No. Okay. I'm going to have to try that. My weirdest food combination is nothing remotely close to that. <laughs> well, you get Vegemite. I mean, if I put Vegemite on anything, I would call that a weird food combination. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. See, someone else doesn't like Vegemite. Like, no. <laughs> I, I, I am teased Daphne. Like you would not believe but not being an Australian and not liking Vegemite. It's almost well, like, that's it's a, like, it's a national sin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but you also, Daphne, you're also a comedian and I really enjoy oh, this. I conversation. Am. <laughs> you, you're, you're funny. You're hilarious. You're, you're quick, quick witted. Um, I'm not ah. at all. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing, nothing remotely close to you. Just takes practice. Keep, keep it up. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I'll keep trying. Practice makes progression, right? Um, you, I'm, I'm curious, what is the, one of your best jokes that you've ever told? Oh, dear. I'm so bad at jokes. I am so bad at jokes. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I can't remember them 15 minutes after I've heard them. <laughs> I can't repeat a joke. It just doesn't work. I can't do it. Oh, I love it. I accept that of myself. Well, don't worry. We're both in the same boat there because I don't, I don't know how to do it okay. at all. Um, okay, my final, my final question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, this is my final one. Promise. What is your favorite film? Ooh, my favorite film is the first one that my husband directed. Really? It's called Once Upon a Time When We Were Colored. And it's my favorite film because I was very involved in helping him get that film done. Mm -hmm. And the whole experience of it makes for the richness of and my fondness for that film. What's it about? It's about a boy growing up in Mississippi in the, I guess it was the 40s, 50s, and the challenges and the joys and the familial connections and the people who are 
related to him by community rather than by kin and how he gets to leave that community successfully. And it's just a beautiful film with so many wonderful actors and actresses. Felicia Rashad is in it. And it, it's just a beautiful film. Wow. Oh, and it was such a passion piece to make that uh, it, it will be always my all-time favorite. I'm going to have to add it to my ever-growing list of movies to watch um, from people that recommend them <laughs> to me. Okay. Um, Very good. Thank, thank you so much for sharing that. I've really enjoyed this conversation, Daphne. You're an absolute well, Thank you for your patience for waiting for me to get duded up. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> worth it. It's okay. This is not what I looked like when I talked to you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me. Daphne, where can people find you, connect with you, and what's next for you? They can always find out what I'm doing at DaphneMaxwellReed.com. I keep a running page going, and I keep Instagram going at MissDaphne13. And next for me, um, we have a Fresh Prince reunion that is going to be airing on HBO Max around our Thanksgiving. I don't know if you guys celebrate that Thanksgiving. It probably has nothing to do with Australia, but it's around the end of November. Wow. And then I have a movie uh, about a Christmas story that uh, we shot earlier this year that's coming out on December 1st on BET, Black Entertainment Television, streaming service. Wow. So I've got projects going on. I have an audition this afternoon, so I might have another project going on. But life goes on. You're very active. That is incredible. Yes. Very inspiring. Yes. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see all of those uh, pieces of work, especially the reunion. Um, oh, the reunion's a blast, I'm, an absolute I'm, blast. I'll, I'll be celebrating Thanksgiving just for that as well. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Daphne. And you can find Thanksgiving meal, meals in my cookbook that I have called Grace, Soul, and Motherwit. And I make masks and everything's on my website at DaphneMaxwellReed.com. You are so creative. Okay, now I'm going to have to get this book. I love cooking. so Oh, good. I'm a, I'm a huge cook. So, okay, now I'm going to have to get it. Now it's my collection. But, Excellent. Um, Daphne, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for your patience and for your humor and for your kindness in interviewing me. Thank you. I couldn't stop smiling throughout it. So thank you so much for <laughs> coming on the Storybox podcast and brightening up my day today. You're an absolute delight. Excellent. I don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. 
And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.